Silverstone, what's going on? Come on, let's put our hands together. It's great to be at Cornerstone once again. Are you guys excited to be in church today? I mean, this is a big day. There's a lot going on. I want to I wanna welcome everyone to the Santan campus and everyone at, uh, in the Scottsdale campus, as well as all of you online joining us here at Cornerstone Online from everyone here in Chandler. Let's give it up and welcome everybody for being a part of this today. Now we have, uh, my name is Scott, and we've got a lot to be thankful for today. And I first just want to kick it off by just, just uh, recognizing something. At every single campus today, people are following Christ by taking a step of obedience in baptism. People getting baptized at every location. Come on, let's give it up. We'd like to celebrate. That's right, absolutely. Congratulations. And you know what? The water in the baptism pool, think about it for a minute. Uh, I used to do, like, when I lead people in baptism and have the opportunity to kind of be in that moment, I'll always encourage them to say, hey, okay, so here's the deal. The water's warmed up because I already got in it and I warmed it up for you. And nobody, here's what happens. The water in the pool is put from someone there who cares. And the doors at every campus are open because someone opens them who cares. Your kids are being ministered to and loved on because someone is there who cares about them and cares about your family. Your students are being invested in because of people who care and who invest in them. And I just want to start by saying, let's give thanks and be thankful for all the men and the women and the young people who serve at Cornerstone. You're making a big difference. You're amazing. Keep doing what you're doing. We're very, very, very thankful for you. Someone else that we're incredibly thankful for today. Any guesses? Come on, yeah, it's Mother's Day. Moms, we love you. We're so thankful for you. With all the moms at every location, come on, stand up, stand to your feet. We're going to applaud you with some appreciation. Come on, let's give it up for all the moms. At Santan, Scottsdale, come on, give it up for them. That's not good. Come on, come on, give it up for the moms. So awesome. Stay standing, stay standing, stay standing. Don't sit down yet. Santan, Scottsdale, don't sit down yet. Uh, let me just... On behalf of all the men, well, on behalf of about a third of the men, they're just finding out in this moment that it's Mother's Day. So I'm, I'm reminding a few of you guys, you're like, oh gosh, what am I going to do now? I got to, just, just don't call mom during the service because, you know, I, I, take it, you know, I take it personally on that whole deal. Well, moms, you're incredible today. It's a big day of being thankful for you, for not just all that you do, which is crazy, but who you are. Because the role of mom is, is a God-given role. And you know, someone once said that um, God couldn't be everywhere, so he created moms. Well, it's only half true. God can be everywhere, but we're also crazy. He still needed moms to help take care of us. So I want to just take the opportunity to pray for you um, real quick before we move on. Let's all stand up for a moment. Let's do something a little bit different. Campus, everybody stand up. We're going to pray for just a moment. Is that okay? If we do that? Okay, let's do this. Father God, we are so thankful. Thank you for every single mom at every single campus who has invested so much of herself into every one of us. God, we pause and we just acknowledge that um, man, moms are your heart and you've given us moms. And so, God, we pray for strength for all the moms. We pray, God, that you would encourage the moms today who need it because we all need it. And, Lord, I pray that uh, today would be a day where those of us would, would be reminded and even challenged to be thankful and express thanks to the moms in our life. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Give it up for the moms. You can have a seat. <clears throat> you know, there are, 
There are some things that uh, you, you'll never hear my wife Shelly say, and it might be kind of the same with you'll never, maybe never hear a mom say something like this in regard to, to our kids. Um, you know, you'll never hear Shelly say, let, let me smell that shirt. Yeah, just flip it inside out. It's good for another week. This is not going to happen. Then, mom, maybe you, I don't know. Or maybe you never hear, um, you never hear mom say, well, if it's, if it's good enough for Sarah's mom, then it's, it's good enough for me. Have you ever had that? You're like, no, it's not good enough for me. Or you'll never hear a mom say, oh, honey, I don't have a Kleenex. Just use your sleeve, right? It's, it's never, you never hear that kind of stuff. Um, you know, moms have been instrumental in so many things. And one of the basic things of life is that moms have been masters at teaching us manners. How many of you guys can, had a mom who taught you some manners in life? Like there's, there's only 12 people at Chandler that have manners, guys. So I hope you other campuses have more manners. Um, but uh, let's try this fill in the blank, okay? Men, you can join along if you'd like. I don't know if you'll get it, but I'm not even going to give you context for the statement. And let's see if moms, you just catch and you just get it automatically with the fill in the blank. So if you're t- speaking to your kids, you'd say, cover your mouth when you cough. All right. Brush your before you go to bed. Yeah, how many guys brush your teeth before you go to bed, by the way? Any? Okay. Again, a few of us here. Uh, moms, uh, okay, here's another one. Moms will teach us that when you're asking for something from someone, first say, and then say, all right, let's try it again. Men, join in on this because we can do this more often. First say, then say, I want to, I want to, um, I want to talk to you about being thankful today because it's a big day to be thankful for the moms in our life, but I want to take it even, even uh, to a, another place as well. Because it's not only the moms who taught us to say thank you, but it's God who wants us to be thankful. Imagine if you have a child in your life or had a child in your life as a parent, and they went beyond just saying thank you, and they were actually thankful little human beings. Wouldn't that be a miracle of God at times? Like, just not only saying thanks, but genuinely thankful. How would that maybe make parenting easier now and then? How would it change the tone of, uh, of our homes and our families? But let's not just pick on the kids of the world. What if we were more thankful? What could life really look like if we were genuinely, not just said thank you more often, but were genuinely thankful people? What, what would our homes look like? What would the workplace look like? What would our dorm look like if you're in school? What would our soccer team look like if we were thankful parents instead of screaming at the coach who's never coached before and who should do a better, no, just kidding. Let's not go there, <laughs> right? But God wants us to be thankful. Let me, let me, let me just read a verse, and then we're going to turn to something in the New Testament. But the verse I want to just launch this with is in 1 Thessalonians. Everybody say Thessalonians. It's a tongue twister. It's like a cat in the hat kind of deal. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18 says this. Be thankful in all circumstances. We're going to get to that. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is what? This is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Have you ever wrestled with, what's God's will for my life? Oh, God, what do you want me to do with my life? Well, there's a lot God wants us to do with our life. One of those things is to be thankful. It's very explicit. It's very clear. Never again and for the rest of our life will we ever wonder, does God want me to be thankful? 
He says, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. If you have a Bible, uh, Scottsdale, turn it to Luke chapter 17 in the New Testament. And we're going to camp out here for just a few minutes in Luke chapter 17. And let me set up the context for you here for a moment. Um, in this chapter, one of the things that happens about midway through is that 10 guys have an encounter with Jesus. 10 men. Jesus comes along and he's doing his deal. He's going between, between Galilee, Jerusalem, or something going somewhere. And uh, he comes upon these 10 guys. What's interesting about these 10 men is that they're actually uh, suffering with a skin disease called leprosy. And in that, with that disease, which is a horrible disease, uh, it, it eats away at your skin, and literally, you could wake up one morning, and an end of your finger could be off. And I mean, it's just—it's—it's it's still com- not. I should It's not common today. It still exists. It's a very, very, very uh, horrible disease to have. And so, what would happen is back in the Old Testament in Leviticus 13. Let me give you like a three-minute Old Testament uh, history teaching. Is that okay? It's not okay here. I hope it's okay in Santan because we're going there. So Leviticus 13, the deal, they didn't have, medicine hadn't evolved and God hadn't revealed to them that science yet. And so the, what would happen is the priests were the ones who basically would kind of uh, deem people healthy or unhealthy. So if someone had a rash or a sore or something on their skin, they would actually go to the priest. The priest would look at it. And they'd had a little bit of a you know, criteria to run that observation through. And the priest would declare this person either clean or not contagious or unclean, therefore being contagious. And if the priest declared them unclean, they had to live in isolation for seven days. Imagine that. Santan, one of you guys goes out to have coffee with your campus pastor, Larry. And you're sitting in Starbucks, you're talking about life faith, whatever it might be, and then you just throw out at him, oh yeah, man, now before you go, can you check out this little rash I have on my arm? Can you tell me, like, am I clean or unclean? And Larry looks at your, your, your thing on your skin and says, oh, bro, you know what? You're, you're unclean. You got to go live in isolation for seven. In fact, you got to go live in surprise for seven days <laughs> away from the rest of society, okay? And then at the end of the seven days, come on back, and I'll check it again, and uh, we'll see how it goes. That's what would happen. But if it was really severe skin disease and they were unclean, the scripture says in uh, Leviticus 13, I think 45, read it some other time. It says when it was really severe, the person, because they were so contagious, they would literally have to rip their clothes and, like, and, 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 keep, and not comb their hair. It says they would tear their clothes and their hair would be unkept. So basically they would have to look like a youth pastor if that were the case, Okay. So they look like a youth pastor, and then it says they would have to, they'd have to cover their mouth and, and, and kind of yell out when other people around, they'd say, unclean, unclean. Why am I limping? I don't know why I'm limping. Unclean, <laughs> unclean. And it feels like I should be, right? And, and so unclean, unclean. So basically, they, they were like an L.A. Dodger fan, right? And just unclean. <sighs> I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> and so... That's the condition and the situation that these 10 men are living in when they encounter Jesus. They have an interaction with Jesus. They say, Lord, have mercy on us. And basically they they interact with him. They want to be healed because they had heard 
that Jesus is healing people. Miracles are happening. And they wanted to be healed of their leprosy. And so Jesus says to them, in, in his act of healing them, he says, okay, go to the priest and show yourself to the priest. Because what, what I just talked about. Go show yourself to the priest. And scripture says, as they went, everybody say went. As they went, God healed them. So look in your Bible at verse 15 of Luke 17, 15. Here's what happens. They went, God healed them. And verse 15 says, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus, shouting, praise God. Wouldn't you? And it says, he fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. So he wasn't a Jew. He was a Samaritan. Scripture points it out. But here's the thing. One guy of the ten came back and praised God, thanked Jesus, fell at his feet, and said thank you. Now, think about this for a moment. How thankful would you be if you had been living in quarantine, in isolation, away from your family for a very long time? living in a daily basis with a very debilitating condition. Physically, you were unable to do what you used to do. And it was deteriorating every single day. Socially, you were sadly an outcast. Imagine the sense of, of loneliness, uh, perhaps shame, isolation, that you just, all of that, and you stand face to face with Christ and God heals you, you're reunited or able to be reunited with your family and your community and the way of life that you once had, would you be thankful? Would we be thankful? Here's what happens. Let's keep reading. It's in, uh, I think, verse 17. It says this. Jesus asked, after the guy came back, Jesus asked, did not heal 10 men. I can, I, I'm, I'm speculating here. I can imagine the one guy comes back. He yells out, praise God. And he falls at Jesus' feet, thanking him. And I can imagine the guy on his face before Jesus. And, and Jesus almost, again, speculating, almost overlooking the moment and going, didn't I heal 10 guys? One guy came back. Jesus said, didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the other nine? Verse 18. Has no one returned to give glory to God except for this foreigner? And I don't think he was degrading the guy for being a foreigner. He's just pointing out the issue. Wow, the people of God haven't even returned to give God thanks. But this foreigner, who's somewhat distanced from God, has come and give God thanks. 19, and Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. One out of ten. I wouldn't... Uh, speculate and say Jesus is teaching us that only 10% of people he does anything for are ever going to be thankful. However, it does make me wonder, are we as thankful as we should be? Think about it for a moment. Just think about the basics of life. I mean, let's just be really simple. How often do we overlook the basics of life? When I was... Uh, um, a young teenager for a number of years, I really struggled with asthma. And I, uh, a number of times, ended up in the, the ER in the hospital because I couldn't hardly breathe. And it's a very scary thing when you cannot breathe. Asthma is a common condition. Many of you know exactly what I'm talking about. And in that moment when you can hardly breathe, guess what you're thankful for? 
Our breath. Scripture reminds us that our breath comes from God. We cannot breathe if it weren't for him. The food on our table. We're all here today, so I'm going to take a guess. I'm going to take a shot to say it's safe to assume that every one of us in every location has had at least one meal in the last 24 hours. And if we haven't, it's been uh, at least in the last seven days. Think about how often uh, we may, I do, I know I did, my mom. My mom was the one in our house who would cook. Now, that's not always the case, but in our house, my mom would cook, and I would scurry in from playing with all the, you know, the, the, the neighbors and you know, doing our stuff around the neighborhood. I'd come home, and I'd eat real fast, and I'd head out, and I'd never really ever say thank you. But the older I got, when I would go over to my parents' house, whenever I eat a meal, it's just, I don't know, I just always said thanks. How often do we do that? to God. God's given us life. He's given us breath. He's given us whatever degree of health we have. He's enabled us to have relationships and family. And, and hopefully for, for most of us, we do have an income and a job and whatever he's providing and doing in our life, how often do we kind of consume it and then run on with life? And, and maybe he's standing there full of grace and patience going, where are the other nine? Didn't I do this for all those folks, but only one's returned to give me thanks? How much more thankful could we be? So here's, here's my challenge to myself first and then to the rest of us is this thought. Be the one who's thankful for what God's done. Be the one who's thankful for what God's done. What has God done in your life? If you're a follower of Christ, think through that for a moment. What has God done in your life? And I know not not everyone here at all of our campuses are followers of Jesus, which, by the way, we're so thrilled that you're here with us today because being thankful is beneficial for all of our lives. But think about it. What has God done for you in your life? You get right down to the basics. Oh, my goodness, he saved our soul and forgiven our sin. Let's be the one that returns and gives him thanks for that on a regular basis, on a regular basis. Maybe many of you are sitting here today, and God has done a work in your marriage and you're still together because of what God has done in your marriage relationship. Let's not be the nine who don't give thanks. Let's be the one who falls at his feet and says, praise God, thank you so much for saving my marriage. Or maybe you're on the other side of a divorce and walking through the fallout and the challenge of that, and God's given you the strength in sustaining you through that. Let's be the one that returns and gives him thanks and says, God, Thank you for giving me the strength to walk through this very difficult season. Whatever it is, let's be the one who gives God thanks for what he's done. There's a lot to be thankful for. Do you think? There's a lot to be thankful for. I want to be thankful for the D-backs, but man, come on, guys. Let's do something here. But let's be the one who's thankful for what God's done. The more thanks that we give the more thankful we become. And the more thankful we become, it's just plain fact, the better life is. Every day is better when we're more thankful. But this brings up a question. Um, and kind of a difficult question. Because remember that verse we read, it says, give thanks in all circumstances. Now here's where um, a Christian and a non-Christian might diverge in this conversation. Because it doesn't make sense 
to give thanks in all circumstances. I've been in many circumstances where I had nothing to be thankful for, or at least I didn't think I did. Have you ever been there? How in the world and why in the world would God tell us be thankful in all circumstances? That seems incredibly self-centered and selfish if I, if, I, if I may say, okay, okay, God, you want us to give you thanks when I'm going through this? Okay, I guess it's all about you. Is it okay to be honest and say that out loud? Yeah, I, I, I've thought that. But here's what I've learned and I've discovered is that, is that even when it seems like there's nothing to be thankful for, and we already talked about some things that we can always be thankful for, but when it seems like there's nothing to be thankful for, we can still be thankful for who he is and what he's going to do. Psalm 118 verse 1 says this. Let me read it to you. It says, um, Give thanks to the Lord for he is good in every circumstance, in the great times and in the bad times. One thing we can count on is that God is good. It says his faithful love endures forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. I was, uh, um, when, I, when, when, when Cornerstone asked me to come speak on Mother's Day, it was a couple months ago, I think, and I just remembered as soon as they asked us on, on my cell phone and we're talking and, hey, you want to come on on Mother's Day again this year? And I just remember last year, Mother's Day, and it was a very, it was almost like a God moment kind of day, and it was very emotional, and I just thought, oh my goodness, yeah, I love, I love being at Cornerstone, but Mother's Day again, I mean, am I more feminine than Lynn, or what's the deal here? You know, I don't know, but hey, I'll embrace it, whatever. And, uh, and so I'm like, yeah, I'd love to. And so I just started thinking and praying through, like, what, what would I talk about on Mother's Day? And I can't speak from a mom's perspective, obviously, but I just thought about, man, thankful. How thankful are we for the moms in our life? But then, how big of a, a deal is being thankful in the eyes of God? So I started processing this and praying through. I'm like, man, I want to I want to try to talk on the simple truth of being the one who's thankful for what God's done because it changes a lot of our lives in a very uh, practical level. And so I'm thinking through this, and last weekend I was out at Rock Point Church in Queen Creek speaking there. Pastor Lynn connected me with, uh, with Bill Bush, so I was out there speaking last weekend. And great church, man, by the way. Rock Point is awesome. You have, you have many sister churches, and they're doing an incredible thing out there in Queen Creek, and so I'm out there. It was, it was great, man. It was cool, and I'm leaving on Sunday afternoon. I had to catch my flight back to uh, the Sacramento, and I'm driving down 202, heading towards I-10, and I get a text from my wife, and it basically says, um, hey, I just wanted you to know that Ashley's friend did pass away last night, and I was like from the emotional high of, man, Rock Point was awesome. God did good stuff, and all of a sudden, I'm like, Oh, my heart sinks. And um, what happened, to give you the real quick of it, many of you actually know, our daughter Ashley goes to GCU. A friend of hers uh, fell on a hike on Camelback Mountain and fought for her life and had succumbed to crazy injuries and passed on. And my heart sank because um, just as a parent, I could only imagine and I felt the pain for Ashley and our other daughter, Morgan, who had been praying, as hundreds of students were praying during the whole time. And I'm driving down 202, and my heart sinks. I get to Sky Harbor, and I, I'm walking to the airport. I have my little suitcase deal, and I just want to cry. 
honestly. And I'm thinking, you know, come on, man, you can't do this. You're going through security. People like, like you start bawling in security lines. It's going to look weird, you know, <laughs> wiping my nose on my sleeve kind of stuff, all that kind of thing. So I kind of, you know, suck it up, hold it together, get home, you know, with you know, Ashley Morgan and talking about it. Monday morning comes. And Monday's kind of my day where I spend a few hours just getting my heart and mind around uh, if I know that I'm speaking on the next weekend or something coming up, um, I kind of get my heart and mind around that whole thing. And so I just spend time getting ready for that. Um, and so anyway, I'm just sitting there in my house and just getting some thoughts and stuff. And I'm like, okay, thankfulness. And I lose it. I was like, okay, God, how, how in the world do you be thankful in all circumstances? And I literally thought this, and I don't want to, I'm not doing this to invoke anybody's emotions, but I thought, that mom is going to have the most horrible Mother's Day ever. How can she be thankful? And I had a horrible Monday, <laughs> honestly. I could wrestle with that, and, and, and I knew theologically how she could somehow be thankful. Because when we really grasp what Scripture teaches us, I think we can be thankful in all circumstances. One, because God knows it's, it's good for us. It, brings, it helps to bring us through those times. But we can be thankful because he's shown us what's on the other side. It's those moments that I think will give us strength to muster up thanks for what's yet to come and who he is. And so this is on my mind all week long. And um, on Friday, my daughter Ashley and I were in the kitchen. And we're chatting. And I literally threw it out to her. I said, hey, I'm going to Cornerstone this weekend and I'm actually talking on being thankful. And I said, you know, in this situation with the student, how in the world can someone be thankful in that situation? I'm kind of throwing it out to my teenage daughter, seeing where she goes with it. How do you be thankful? You know what her response was? She responds, first sentence. She says, Dad, we can be thankful because death has no sting. And I thought, wow, her mom's done a good job. <laughs> right? We can be thankful. She says, because, you know, she, she names the, the student. She says, she loved the Lord so much. And she's now with him. Her joy is fulfilled. She has no more pain. She's not hurting at all. And we're thankful, and she kind of goes, you know, talking about like we as the student body. She's she says, we are thankful that she is where she ultimately was going to be anyway. She's in the presence of God, and we're thankful for that. Death has no sting. And I'm standing there going, come on, preach it, girl, because that's the dang truth, right? We can be thankful in all circumstances. We can. And now, if you're not a follower of Jesus, I know this makes no sense. And you're like, man, these people are crazy. It is crazy. But the Bible says in Thessalonians, uh, in chapter 4, it says, in those moments when we grieve, 
We grieve not like those who have no hope. We grieve with the hope because we know on the other side is the presence of God and eternity. So how in the world would God have the gumption to say, be thankful in all circumstances, not only for the basic necessities of life and what he's doing in our life, but it's in those moments when it seems like there's nothing to be thankful for, we can look to him and say, because you are good. And on the other side of the short, frail thing that we are in called this life, on the other side is eternity with him. And when we really get that, Thankfulness just kind of like, that's been the cry of faith for the followers of God throughout the generations, praising him for what's on the other side, regardless of the situation. So today on Mother's Day, it's a big day to be incredibly thankful. And here's, I want to I challenge you guys, family, everybody here who's with a mom, you'd better Tell her how thankful you are today. Don't just say thank you. That's, that's the wussy way to go, all right? Let's show it with our, with our words, with our actions, buying her something, whatever it is, spoiling. Let's let our moms know how thankful we are for you. And let's let that be the starting point of saying, you know what, I'm going to be more thankful to God. And I guarantee if you and I express thanks more and more to God, that the quality of life is going to get better. And then when hard times happen, it's going to be in you. And you're going to get out of bed in the morning, put your feet on the floor and say, thank you, God, that I'm your child, that you're with me and you're not against me. Thank you you will never abandon me. Thank you that this life I have purpose and you want to lead me and guide me and I can hear your voice. And thank you that when I leave it all in the field at the end of this life, I can just step into what I'm really created to do is be with you. God, thank you so much. Let's be thankful. Let's be the one who returns and gives thanks to God. Let's pray. Let's bow our heads. Father God, at all of our campuses today, Lord, today we are so greatly thankful. I don't even know if that's the right way to say it, but we are deeply thankful, God, for the moms in our life. Thank you so much that you care about us in such a way that you've given those, you've given people in our life to care for us and to teach us things. And Lord, we want to be a people today, God. We, in this moment, we're, we're like the one, just as a collective group of folks in Scottsdale and in Santan and here in Chandler and wherever, God, we just want to say, God, we're the one right now. Thank you for what you're doing in our life. Thank you for who you are in our life. Thank you for what you're going to do in our life, God. And I pray that if anybody's in a, a circumstance right now where it seems like there's nothing to be thankful for, Lord, I pray you'd first show us, help us notice what we can be thankful for, but God, help us to see what's on the other side of this challenge and begin to give you thanks for what you're going to do. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Let's give God our applause, our appreciation. God, we love you. We thank you. Come on.